This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. California. And I'm Jamie Jennings. I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 24th, episode 2646, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. And away we go. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. I am lucky enough to be sitting down with Debbie Laux. Good morning, Debbie. Oh, good morning, Jamie. I'm lucky enough to be sitting down with you. Man, I've been reading about you everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Please. It's true. It's true. I thought, you know, getting the Queen Award was going to be like the top. But I'm no. telling you what, that 2020 wasn't that bad. I know, <laughs> I know. People were whining about 2020, but it was a great year for you. It, it worked out all right. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up. But um, as of today, we are going to talk to one of Debbie and I, my dear friends, Dr. Siemens, the yeah. horses in the morning veterinarian of choice. Dr. Siemens is going to come on and fill us in on some new stuff about electrolytes. So I'm excited to hear that. But first, we need to hear your daily winnie. <laughs> So, yeah, my first daily winnie here goes out to former world champion Zara. Zara Tyndall gives birth at home to a third child. Now, why this is such important news is, first of all, it just happened. But listen to the stock we horse gals are made of. I love this. Now, if anybody doesn't know, you know who Zara is, right? Zara Tyndall is the granddaughter of the queen. She is. She's the daughter of Princess Anne, the queen's second child. And she's, uh, since this is in the news, she's the first cousin to Princess William, uh, Prince, Princess William Princess and Harry. <laughs> yeah. I got to pronounce that correctly. Princess. She's a, a five-star eventer. She's as okay. tough as nails. She is super cool. Yeah. And she just gave birth to the 10th grandchild. And, um, who is now 22nd in line to the throne. Oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) you're in line. (laughs) So this cute little Lucas Philip weighed eight, four. Yeah. But that's not the, I know it's so cute, Uh, but that's not the tough part. You know, you know who she's married to, right? She's married to this rugby guy. Is he rugby or hockey? One of those. Rugby. Definitely. And he has a podcast. Did you know that? I did not know that. Oh yeah. The good, the bad and the rugby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now you know now you know what what he plays. But yeah, it's cute. Um they announced the news on the good, the bad, and the rugby and said that she gave birth, you know how the third child comes? Very quickly. Those are in quotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the couple's home. And uh yeah, so her friend Dolly was there, which was a really good thing because I think she had you know, catcher's mitts on. And it, he says it was a run to the gym, get a mat and get to the bathroom. <laughs> what? Like, oh, like they didn't mean to have it at home. It just right. was like, 
Yo, the baby's here. Ackley, the midwife who was going to meet them at the hospital, wasn't that far away. So she drove and, uh, you know, cleaned it up, I guess is what it is. Oh, so my he says, God. here's a quote. Z had contractions through the night. She hadn't slept well the night before. So we had someone take the kids to the day. And uh, as every man would say, she was a warrior as always. I love that. So, yeah, pretty cute. So congratulations to the whole uh, royal family. I really, I have had a child. Mm. Had one. And that is a very unpleasant experience. I don't understand how people keep doing it over and over and yeah. over again. Don't they know? <laughs> like, what happened? Like, how, don't you know how that happened? Like, I, I mean, if you need some help on that, I can help you mm-hmm. navigate it. But, like, come on, people. Yeah, that's it. Well, congratulations to Zara Tyndall, Zara and Mike. I feel like a stalker. My, my horse was named after Zara. So Right. That was the part I was going to say you're related to royalty now. Sort of. And did she name it Lucas? That is the name of my child. Exactly. You see all the threads here? You're just <gasps> practically royal family. Maybe because I named my horse after her. She named her child after my kid. Let's go with that. <laughs> see? see? <laughs> I love it. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we have to do a happy birthday. Two auditors, Laura Blankenship and Alicia Barden. Yes, Alicia, we're going to be talking a little bit more about you later um, because she helps me with weird news, her and her mama, uh, Laureen. So thank you. Happy birthday, Laura and Alicia. Also, Debbie, it's kind of a big day for me. I've got to mm-hmm. tell you. Okay. So you mentioned a little bit about the Horse Illustrated. I was in Horse Illustrated, photographed with your dad in a picture that you took, and okay. which was really cool because that's a magazine that I subscribed to my entire like youth. I mean, as soon as I could read, I've been a subscriber of Horse Illustrated. So yeah. to be in it was really cool. And not just like a name, like they put yeah. my picture. Oh, it's not just, and it's not just your name and your picture, honey. It is you being the top trainer for the whole year. Oh, it's pretty cool. Well, today is the day of the, so so they had said when we talked about it on the show, they said they're going to put some bell buckles in the mail and everybody, and I get, I want a belt buckle, which is pretty cool because I'm an English writer and we don't win many belt buckles. Buckles. So (laughs) they said they're going to put it in the mail. And then I got a call from Nelda who runs horse and hound rescue foundation that I got the, the, the reason I got the award. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said that they actually want to do a presentation, uh, of the belt buckle at horse and hound. And I needed to go pick up a couple horses anyway. So I'm like, okay, we'll be up there. So Lucas and Chad and Abby are going to all go up to horse and hound with me and let me receive my buckle from uh-huh. the, uh, organization. Uh, it's the ASPCA, but it's also the right horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nelda just texted me and she's like, it's kind of a big deal now because <clears throat> the Guthrie town newspaper oh, is going to be there. <laughs> that is a big deal. It's no, that's look deal. at that. You should get the key to the city There's while you're at, at it. Like 65 residents in Guthrie. So oh, I mean, stop. It's, 
<laughs> like a big deal. The Guthrie Town newspaper is going to be there taking a picture. Of. <laughs> wow. Okay. Guthrie and Horse Illustrated. Pretty good company, though. That's so cool. <laughs> it is so cool. If if somebody's been under a rock, they should know that Jamie was named um, one of the nine. Let's see. I think there are nine uh, awards given out, but only one trainer. So one trainer was chosen for. Uh, the winner of the Ride Horse Initiative's Good People for Good Horses Awards announced. Now, do you want to tell them, I mean, I sound like a guy with the, you know, counting everything, but how many horses did you help adopt out last year? Um, We rehomed 103 racehorses off of the racetrack. Unbelievable. There should be some music, bumper music for that or something, because... 103 horses now have new homes because of you. And it's not just because you started pounding the phone. You put the time in with these horses, polishing them up and understanding them and choosing them and finding directions that they're comfortable going in. And that's why you were recognized by this program of the ASPCA, which we knew before they were gobbled up by the ASPCA when they were at the Right Horse Initiative, just wanting to change that conversation about rescue horses. You know, you get this vision of eyes and flies in the eyes and, you know, poor broken down horse. No, no, no. These are off the track thoroughbreds, or maybe they never made it to the track because they didn't want to run that fast. Um, you know, talk a little bit about what you, you did to um, kind of change the whole conversation about horses going into new homes. You know, I, I think, and Nelda and I discussed it when we kind of first started this. We were given a grant from the ASPCA to, to she she was given a training grant and knew me because I'd adopted from her for my makeover horse that I was a Monty Roberts certified instructor. And that's why I got this offer to, to, to be the trainer. And I was, you know, of course I did it. But the, the things that we thought about was, you know, it's it's so much easier for a horse to be adopted if it is seen being written mm -hmm. because I think that that's the step that people are the most nervous is just throwing a leg over a horse you don't know anything about. And you can go out to Nelda's and you can see 55 thoroughbreds standing in the field. And it's amazing, but you're, I mean, that's overwhelming. Mm. So taking one or two at a time and putting, you know, I mean, even just a week or two to where I can get them to where they're rideable. They stand at the mounting block, walk, trot, canter, maybe pop a cross rail or, or go on a trail ride, depending on what their uh, physical limitations are. And to let people see that and to get the horses, a lot of the horses, you know, they, they take right to it. Some of mm -hmm. them I can get on in the first day, but some of them, you know, they have some, some history to them and it may take a little bit longer to get them to where they are comfortable with people getting on them and off of them. Standing on mounting blocks is really one thing, but mm -hmm. just getting the horses to where they can do these things. <clears throat> and then what I started doing, and I didn't mean to Debbie at mm -hmm. the beginning, I started videoing everything. And now that's become a thing. Like I video, not just the horse and hound horses, but if you send me a horse for training, I video almost every mm. day me doing something with the horse. And I feel mm. like that gives a lot of value to, uh, the people that are number one, looking at the horse and mm -hmm. seeing the progress every day, but also for, for clients who have, you know, how many people have said, oh, I sent a horse to a trainer and they didn't do anything, you know, well, yeah. but we got proof, you know, you, you see it right. every single day. And it's, I, I like my proof of life videos, you know, yeah. but 
also to kind of chronicle what we're doing every day by starting with the join up and we go to the, to the tacking and the long lining and all the things, teaching them to turn and stop and back up before I even get on. And then you get a really good idea of how they're going to react when you, when you throw a saddle pad on a horse and they go, holy cow, then you probably shouldn't get on that one that day. You know, oh, yeah. you may need to back up a little bit. Um, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a puzzle that I love to solve. It is so fun to me to get these canvases. They're, they're not blank canvases, but I got to figure out what's been mm -hmm. painted and what hasn't been painted and what's been right. painted poorly and what's been painted well. And, and now I'm getting to know like what horses come from, which trainers and what issues yeah. they're going to have, or like which ones are going to be perfect. Um, it's really, it's fun to figure out at this point I have trained, I think we were looking at 62 wow. in the past year plus. And, um, I think the other part of it, Debbie, the, the success rate lends itself to the fact that I, because of this show, I have a pretty good social media presence mm -hmm. and a small rescue in Guthrie didn't have a huge social media presence. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to kind of promote them through sending my page and through this guy, we just adopted one out to Indiana that's going next week. And we just got the adoption yesterday. So, um, and it's a listener. So I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. congratulations listener, whoever you are out there. You have a name? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to give it yet okay. because I'm no, no, no. Okay. Sure it's all okay. done. As soon no, as it's just, done, we'll it's, that is so cool. Cause it does take the the full spectrum. It takes the adopter to, to be at ease with this process. And I just love that you are taking away that mystery. How many people like, you know, I remember as a kid and growing up that what did the trainer do? I mean, it's such a mystery when you send your horse off to be, do you remember the old word broken? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the horse would come back different. Now that's not always bad. That's not always good, but it was a big mystery, right? And so you're just peeling back and you might not be starting the horses you might be but if you're if you're not starting the horse then people get to see the evolution they get to go through I love that Jamie and maybe technology is you know been right place right time uh, but it's it's the way of the future isn't it it's just I don't think we can ever go back well, I just say, you know, you think about times where people are like, oh, I can't get you a picture or video right now. You know, they give you looking at a horse for sale. I can't get you a new video. Okay. Uh -huh. Well then don't buy that horse, yeah. you know, and, or your <laughs> trainer's like, mm, I can't really fit you in. I can't get a video. Yes, they can. Uh -huh. Everybody's got a phone in their pocket and the phones and are like HD. So it's you know. seriously no big deal. So just know that if your trainer is like, oh yeah, I just, yeah, you better exactly. go over there and take a look around because yeah, uh, go get your own camera out. There, we've right? I've had bad experiences like that, and and a lot of people that have come to me have had bad experiences like that. And 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 everybody has a story about uh, somebody hitting their horse with a whip, you know, going in the trailer and doing all these things, and um, so you know. I think the technology is there. I think by us being able to video everything and post it and and send everybody to horse and hound. It, it's, it's kind of become a little bit, they've gotten a little more brand awareness, I guess. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for that. I'm so happy that I could be any part of that because what they do there, I totally believe in it's an awesome organization. And, and like she found one of the horses, somebody found one of the horses she had adopted out in a kilpin, like in oh. Texas in the Kaufman kilpin in Texas, oh, she God. bought it back 
had to pay bail and then had to pay shipping. That's how important these horses are. She will buy them back if she finds them in a, in a bad situation. Now, business-wise, that's not usually that great idea, but <laughs> that is what it is on a rescue when they actually care. And, and, and the other thing is if you adopt from them, and all of a sudden you find yourself in some troubled times or the horse, she'll take it back. Take it back. So it's actually a, a benefit for auditor or for adopters as well to have that. So anyway, that's, that's kind of all awesome. of it there. Yeah. Well, that's somebody who believes in their system and she is, uh, how many years she's been at this. And now you've got a year under your belt. You could never go back either. You know what can be done. We could give a shout out too to Emily Weiss, uh, who is the head of the equine uh, program there. And then Christy Schulte-Cappert, who came from the Right Horse Initiative and now is program director for, for the Right Horse there too. And that's an organization that, you know, 30,000 feet up, they're orchestrating a na- nationwide network of these adoption partners. So there's some quality control there too. And they recognize you quickly and said, let's follow, let's hold on <laughs> to Jamie Jennings and follow what she's doing. So you're really setting the pace for this whole concept, which is. Well, I, I'm, I'm just training the horses and I appreciate it because you're the one who started me on this whole journey of getting certified. So wow. it is an awesome thing and it's definitely changed my life. And, um, I'm, I'm just proud to be a part of anything that that any of these people are doing Neldo or the right horse or the SPCA or, or you and, and your dad or illustrated, you know, they're doing those, the queen knows what she's doing. Uh, yeah. Horse illustrated puts in, um, I think adoptable horse of the week, a lot of the new vocation, you know, a lot of these organizations are doing adoptable horse of the week too, which is putting it out there, kind of following your lead about that. And well, so, yeah, I think really you cool. another, another really exciting thing is that Nelda, Every one of the horses at Horse and Hound is a thousand dollars. The the adoption yeah. fee is is a thousand dollars, which gives people a lot. You know, like I have people contact me, I've got ten thousand dollars to spend, and I'm looking for something that, and I'm like, why don't you get a thousand dollar horse and then put that money into training and tag or and 10. all the things. Or 10 horses, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) there you go, or 10 horses. But I do think that having that, you know, then I don't don't have to train the horses for months. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then we can, the turnover is a lot quicker with the adoption fee. Now, I do think it should be a little higher, but. I uh, agree. Let's talk to Nelda about that. That's (laughs) very much money. Uh, But, uh, you know, that that affords people to to take the horse and to invest time and money into it and, and getting it, you know, comfortable post-track, you know, treating it for ulcers, getting a chiropractor out, getting a proper fitting saddle, you know, it kind of is a benefit in, in that way as well. So anyway, well, um, do we have time to talk about your upcoming trip with your dad or do you want to get to our guest? Oh, well, mine I want to hear about it. I'm the before, so there isn't much to tell you. It's the after that might be fun. But yeah, I'm headed this Friday. Uh, woohoo, getting on an airplane for the first time. This is uh, a huge. You and your dad are hopping on an airplane. This is like going to open the doors for your dad to get back out to work. Oh, he's so chomping at the bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're getting on a plane in Santa Barbara. We're not going through LA. <laughs> There's reasons. Um, I I think if you come back through LA, you're supposed to quarantine still. So we're not doing that. We're going straight from Santa Barbara to uh, Kentucky, where we're going to land down and we're going to stay with in one of those storied farms there. Those there's um, a Santa Barbara to Louisville flight. Well, like, I think we go through Dallas, right? Okay. Gotcha. But yeah, so we get to, you know, we get to eat in an airport. This is really exciting stuff, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find a food place that's open. Maybe yeah. that's 
true. And you're going to Lexington. Why? Uh, We're going there to assess horses for an owner who is really active in the uh, thoroughbred business, a really, um, I think, a kind owner, but I'll get to know him a little bit better. When we're there, we're there for a week to assess um, some of his horses and, uh, and perhaps send them off to the training or um, put them up for sale. You know, he's kind of, he's using dad's uh, expertise to assess and um, ply his trade, which he's actually, um, as most of them are, has another industry. It's in Canada and is a um, gemologist. Oh my God. This is what you do is you start with a lot of money and then you buy horses. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he has fun with it. So it'll be fun to get to know them. And I'll get to see some old friends there, like the Hancocks at Stone Farm. And um, I get to meet up with some people that are doing good things in the industry for good horses. Oh my gosh. How fun to go. Now, for those who don't know, in case you haven't caught on yet. Debbie's dad is Monty Roberts and how exciting it must be for him to go just kind of back to where he started, which is racehorses and getting in and, and, and assessing them. God, that's gotta be so fun for him. And, you know, and they're really great pedigrees, of course, you know, and and kind of top of the top, he'll have real fun, a, a lot of fun. And, and I think, uh, you know, he, he appreciates somebody appreciating his eye. And so that's, that's a kind compliment too. That um, definitely, definitely. Well, fantastic. Well, before we get to our first guest, we need to go and talk a little bit about state line tech. Um, I just purchased something off of another website and I got a message that I'm sorry, we're going to refund your money because we don't have that anymore. Mm. And I wrote back and I was like, can you give me something comparable? Obviously I needed, I was a helmet. I needed this item and here you go. Just like, no, we don't have it. Well, come up with a way to do that. State line tech is the, the great thing about state line tech is they're just huge. They're just a huge place and they have lots and lots of, uh, um, warehouse, I guess, for lack of a better word, but they have so many things. They're constantly doing sales. They currently have the uh, hashtag buy winter sale, which is, <laughs> I love the name because, like, bye, time for you to go. Uh, but now, you know, you can stock up for next winter with they have winter breeches and tights 30% off. The Amigo turnout blankets are 65. I mean, come on, you know, you're going to get another horse this summer. You might as well get a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, maybe. <laughs> I know. You're going to get a horse and hound rescue horse. Weather beat a comfort tech. Oh, my God. That's my blanket right there. Hold oh, on. It's 40% that. off. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. It's like it's free, Debbie. It's like it's free. <laughs> I can justify it. <gasps> I've never seen it for under a hundred. It's named the, the weather beat a comfort tech essential, which is the, oh, the neck yeah. is attached. I love the neck attached because right. then it doesn't droop down Rip and get down water there. in there. Yeah. Uh, it's $96 for the heavy. Oh, yeah. I, under a hundred bucks. And the, oh my gosh. They're shipping? Yeah, they're never under a hundred bucks. So yeah, it's a great deal. So anyway, go check out State Line Tech. That is my favorite blanket. Husband is still here. I'll wait until he's gone to make that purchase. (laughs) But go check it out at statelinetech.com. It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign 
to mass-produce Kevlar-coated bubble wrap-lined equine products. Yes, we are going to talk to one of our favorite veterinarians on the planet, Dr. Madison Siemens. Hello, Dr. Siemens. Good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm your favorite because I work for free, right? <laughs> he is the only veterinarian that will answer my phone calls on Christmas Day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do like that about you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, how have you been? It's been a while since we've talked to you. We've just been enjoying uh, this wonderful, fairly mild winter in Idaho and, and riding some horses and learning something about team sorting, which is a very interesting sport in and of itself. And uh, oh just trying to trying trying to weather the disasters, you know. You're doing team sorting now. Is that, are you doing it with your wife? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's really a fun sport, and it and it surely lets you know exactly how little control you actually have over your horse. You know, so it's <laughs> it's an eye opening scenario. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, so explain team sorting for those who don't know what it is. Well, team team sorting is is uh, is a it's, it's based on some skills that we need when we're working cattle. And uh, believe it or not, working cattle, you know, from the back of a horse is probably the kindest and most humane way to do this. And so the sorting process, you know, kind of stems from some of these skills that are required of working, working cowboys. And there's, there's two pens connected by a gate, and there's 10 steers in, the, in one pen, and each one has a number on it. And so they'll call out a number and you have to start with that number, say number six. And so you have to get them from pin A to pin B in order. You got 10 steers and you got a minute and, and 30 seconds to do it. And, uh, and if, you, if you're out of order, you get, you get the gate. So it's a, it's a fast paced, very interesting exercise. And the, the horses that love it, man, they love it. And no. uh, so we were just really blessed. We have a couple that do. We, we, we know what you look like and you look like a cowboy, but now do you feel like a cowboy? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what a cowboy feels like. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds a pretty that, cowboy to me. Yeah, I, I guess that's pretty much all I've been my whole life, but I'm not bragging or complaining. You know, there's, <laughs> there's two, two things a cowboy don't know nothing about. One of them's a horse, the other one's a cow. So I, I don't know that I necessarily want to be in that category. Oh, that's true. But I guess, I guess, you know, you feel like a cowboy the most when you get up in the morning, everything creaks. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if I get up in the morning and, and, nothing, and nothing hurts, I figure I'm dead. <laughs> well, we're going to talk a little bit about horses, which you do know a little bit about, fortunately. Um, we're going to talk about electrolyte metabolism. Now, you said there was some new research out there. Talk to us a little bit about that. There's, You know, it's really, we are so blessed that there are people in this world that care about some of the most minute details about everything. I mean, there's 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 things that are that have been studied that you would think, why in the world would you want to look at that? And it winds up being revolutionary, you know. So there's a there's a researcher named Dr. Harold Schott at Michigan State Vet School, Michigan State, and this this guy forgot more before breakfast every morning than I'll ever know about a horse. But he's he's focused some of his research over the recent decade or so about about water and electrolyte and metabolism in horses, and he's really shot down some of the old, you know, set in stone, this is the truth types of things we've always thought about water. 
uh, with some with some hard science. This is not his opinion. This is not his observation. This is these are carefully controlled studies that he's done. And uh, I just find it so interesting that you know we've always done it that way. It's never really good reason to do a certain thing. Uh, and just because you've been doing it for sixty years, that that means it's repeatable, but not necessarily right. And so a couple of the things that he's mentioned in some of his research studies are very, very interesting. And some of the old horsemen's wives' tales are like, don't let a horse drink too much cold water. And uh, he did actually did some research looking at that, seeing if that would if that would incite an episode of colic. And it does not. Yeah. And so if you think about it, you know, when I'm coming in from hauling hay in August, uh, I want to drink a water and I, I'm not going to stop until I'm full. And if somebody pulled the water away from me, they'd, <laughs> they, they would uh, they would meet with some re- with some rejection. Uh, horses are pretty smart about these kinds of things. And if you think about it, you know, uh, what's the first thing a horse doesn't do when he's got a belly? He quits eating. And so yeah. if, if he drinks enough water to make his stomach hurt, he's going to stop drinking. And so Schott's uh, research showed that conclusively. He does a lot of work with endurance horses, which is going to be a, a real good model to, to study exactly how some of these physiological mechanisms work. That's interesting. When I worked on the track, uh, I started as a hot walker, and you were to walk the horse around the barn, let it have a sip of water, and keep walking. And next time around, you you know, once they were done with their ex- morning exercise. So uh, now I know that that was wrong all along. Well, it's it's interesting because there's some there's some disciplines in the in the horse world that 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 are more steeped in tradition than others. But uh, I think I think the backside of a lot of racetracks are kind of stuck in the in the we've always done it this way mode. You know, I, my granddaddy saddled three Kentucky Derby winners. You know, what can you tell me? Well, mm-hmm. that's the reason that we do hard science. And there's people out there that that have the have the 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 ability and the desire to look at some of these things on a on a much more critical and controlled uh, manner. So I, I just I love what Dr. Shot has been doing. He's a fascinating thing. So as far as electrolytes, what, uh, what, so the question here, okay. So on really cold days, you think, oh, we better give them some electrolytes to make them drink more water. But then like on really hot days, I'm like, I better give them electrolytes to keep like their, all their salt content up. What is the answer for that? Well, it is really interesting. And this is something I've been studying now for golly, over 40 years, I've been a real student of exercise physiology, and I find it just one of the more fascinating aspects of, of equine medicine and surgery is this, this physiology of exercise, this amazing animal that can do some unbelievable things. And, and how, does, how does it all work? You know, a horse could do something that would, that would kill a human, you know, just as far as in endurance, how far he can run, how, you know, how long he can go without eating or drinking. I mean, it's just amazing what they can do. But if you think about electrolytes, what they really are, is just basically it's one of a number of different types of salt. That's what it boils down to. And the muscle works because it moves electrolytes in and out of cells. And so it's just a matter of, of, a, of a contraction and relaxation based upon energy that's used to move these electrolytes in and out of the muscle cell. It's very complicated. So if you think about it for a second, you know, the, that physiology is, is there and horses have been working, you know, working as athletes a lot longer than there's people worrying about how much salt to give them. And so what Schott's research shows that if you give a hot horse an electrolyte paste, you will increase his desire to drink, but you will not change his hydration. And you will increase your chances of getting a gastric ulcer. 
and you will tend to, especially on a dehydrated horse, you'll dehydrate him more because the salt in his GI tract is going to draw more fluid out of his circulatory system, which is where he needs it. Same concept in soaking a swollen leg in hot water and Epsom salts. It's a matter of, 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 that, of that osmosis of that fluid moving into an area where there's greater salt. So you got a dehydrated horse, you give him a bunch of salt, and so the water is going to come out of his circulatory system into his stomach. So this is not what we're looking for. And the second thing you got to remember is that, that humans have a reserve, a fluid reserve around their GI tract of about 2% of their body weight. The horse's fluid reserve is almost 10%. So they can go a lot longer without drinking than you would imagine. Um, I, know, I know a lot of people that will go to some exhaustive efforts to try to get their horses either on an endurance ride or just on a trail ride someplace to drink water. But the old adage is, you know, you can lead a horse to water and you don't have you know the rest of it. Yeah. So I, I think we, we get a little crazy on doing some of these things to, to conserve, you know, our, our water metabolism when a lot of it, I think, is just a waste of time. Just bringing water. If, if they're thirsty, they're going to drink. You always tend to simplify things and make it <laughs> just so much easier to, to think about. Now, um, is there a time when would you recommend giving electrolytes? Only if the horse is, is in a, is in a, it's called a metabolic inversion. If he's, if we've got an exhausted horse syndrome, we've got a, you know, the thump horses, you know what I mean? Those horses that are, they make that loud noise when they're, when they're breathing. The, uh, the horses, the metabolic conversion is where their respiratory rate is actually faster than their pulse. And the only way you can give electrolytes to those horses is intravenously. The, say, for example, a 450-kilogram average half-ton horse, okay, if he's 10% dehydrated, that's, that's 45 liters, that's 10 gallons of fluid that you're going to have to put in him. And, and in order to get that in him, you're going to have to – his stomach will only hold two or three liters. So there's no way to get 10 gallons of fluid in this horse's stomach rapidly. So he's got to go intravenously. That's, that's the only way you can do that. And thankfully, we don't see that very often, even in endurance horses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Well, this gives definitely a lot to think about. And uh, Dr. Siemens, where can people contact you or learn more about you? Or get your book? Is it well, out yet? Uh, Come on. We, well, yeah, we sold, we sold out the book. So the, the next edition will be out uh, the summer of 22. We, uh, we actually sold it to an international publishing company. And so uh, it's the same pump company that publishes Centered Riding, it's Trafalgar Publications. So we're really, really, really excited about that. And it will be available in, in an audio form and an ebook as well. It's called Never Trust a Sneaky Pony and Other Things They Did Not Teach Me in Veterinary School. <laughs> and it is a great book. I have one of the classic copies. Um, and also, it, yeah, if you don't mind my six sense of humor, you might like it, I guess. But it, it'll, be out, it'll be out in, uh, in uh, the summer of 22. Uh, but up my, uh, my website is cornerstoneequine.com. That's cornerstoneequine with one E between E and equine. And uh, that's where you can find me. All right, Dr. Madison Siemens, thank you so much. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys.
Well, Debbie, usually this is the time of the week where we do weird news and there's this like really cool like, uh, no, it's time for weird news, this big sounder. But Glenn's on vacation and he's a total slacker and he did not leave it for our producer, George, to uh, run. So just pretend that you just heard that. I'm going to go. I can hear it in my head. Okay, perfect. (laughs) All right. So our first weird news story, excuse me, is... There was some uh, some men, a couple men that were going through Chennai International Airport in India. Okay. And this was just, oh, just three days ago. And the security would notice that they had, like, really weird hairstyles, which, wow. I mean, these are authorities in India looking at travelers going, their heads look weird. Mm-hmm. So they decided to corral them. They're like, hey. Over over here, I don't know how to speak Indian. Uh, so yeah, not Ardu to... or yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Hindu, uh, yeah. So he, come over here, so, line up. What's going on? What's going on? And they started to search the men, and they realized that um, those were not hairstyles; those were wigs. <sighs> they oh, were okay. wigs. Okay. And underneath their wigs, when they, yeah. I guess they just ripped them off or something. I mean, I don't know how like that works, but Touchy they had feely. toupees and apparently, uh, underneath the toupees, they had, um, gold glued oh. to their head. <laughs> glued? <laughs> yeah. So they huh? found gold cash and other illicit items hidden throughout their bodies. They even, ha- oh God. <laughs> yeah. I they even found gold there. in their socks and up the bums. Yeah. So they they retrieved <laughs> they retrieved uh three hundred and eighty-two thousand dollars worth oh. of gold <laughs> from I don't know where it came from. I was gonna say, how do they prove who owns the you know taped on gold? Yeah. You know, if you would have just checked it, nobody would have said anything. Right. Exactly. Right? You just yeah, just put it in your pockets. What's wrong with that? Something, something's wrong. wrong with that, though. And at what point were they like, you know what? We gotta, we gotta check, check this out. This out. Yeah, I was worried you were gonna go animals in there, though. So I'm really glad to hear. Oh it was God, like no metal. No, just metal. <laughs> but like, at what point were they weird. like? They've got gold on their head. They've got gold in their socks. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's check everything. Other spots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess it was stolen gold. I don't know. Lorene sent me that one. Thanks, Lorene. I appreciate that. Uh, your daughter also sent me some weird news. And um, this one's very strange. And uh, so this would be the sound, the time that Glenn would play the boop, 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 the next news story. Yeah. Okay. And, and this one is, um, this one's interesting. Uh, there's a race underway for governor uh, in Japan. Oh. Yusuke Kawai, Kai. KY, I don't know, is running for governor and uh, he <laughs> he had his campaign proposals and um, he's dressed as the Joker from oh, like on all his like, commercials. It's like his which thing. Joker? I hope not the last of the current. Yeah, yeah that one. <laughs> no? The, the last, oh. the Heath Ledger Joker. Heath he Ledger has. Joker? Oh. Yes, he is dressed. That's a weird campaign. Um, yeah. The other thing he really talks about a lot is the movie Frozen. So he's really into the Joker and Frozen. Uh, 
two he, opposites. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Very dark um, and very light. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if, if you want to cast your vote, there, there is a really interesting uh, video, I guess his campaign ad, which I can post a link in our uh, Horses in the Morning Auditors yeah, Facebook page if you Auditor would like page. to I see to, this. I need to know. This <laughs> a delightfully Japanese man going for governor. <laughs> that was a weird Frozen story. Frozen governor. Yes, weird. The Bidens come up with some pretty global weird stories there. They what do. The, they do. All right. Let's hear the next one. Beep, beep, beep. This beep, 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 beep. Okay. Imagine. De uh, Debbie, I don't know if you ever have, but are you a uh, one who would go to like garage sales or yard sales? It doesn't seem like you. Do. No. Yeah. And when the kids were little, I thought, great, great spot. And then I'm like, no, it's not a good spot. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, my grandmother always Did went garage sailing. And then she gave that talent to my mom. And then my mom would take us garage sailing. And I, I actually went to garage sales until the night before my, my mom was visiting. And we watched like seven episodes of Hoarders in a row. It was like a marathon. <laughs> and then we went to the garage sale and neither one of us bought anything all day long. Nothing, and I don't yeah. think I've been to a garage sale since. However, in Hartford, Connecticut, there was a nice, I'm trying to see if it was a man or a woman. It had to be a, a lady. Because she saw this cute porcelain bowl and it's like cobalt blue painting us of flowers and other designs, little white bowl, like blue flowers on it. So uh, she, I mean, I guess it was pretty fancy because she paid a whopping $35 for this bowl. That's a high dollar uh, item. For, uh, yeah, for a garage sale. That's for true. Exactly. Well, it, it paid off. Oh. <laughs> What, so, what happened? It was it was Martha Washington's. Uh, it was a 15th century porcelain <gasps> bowl made in China, and there are only six of them in the entire country. And so, I guess she took it to some sort of like antiques roadshow kind Good of idea. Thing, uh huh. Um, and had it appraised, and so Sotheby's that uh, uh -huh, house, yep. Yeah. Uh, valued the now called an artifact mm. between three hundred and five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> for a there's a return. <laughs> yeah, well, that was what it was valued at. But then this lady was like, you know what? Let's auction it off. Let's go ahead and run it through the auction. Oh yeah, she sold a thirty-five dollar <sighs> bowl that she got at a garage sale. For seven hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars. Gosh, it doubled. No, think about the person who sold that to her. No, I know, I know. Like, I'm like, you know what? I really don't like this bowl that my grandmother left me. So Sticking I'm just it sold. It's a Ming Dynasty era Ooh. piece. <laughs> I how it got there. I wish it could talk. Wouldn't it okay. be cool? It doesn't say, it just says that an antiques enthusiast came across it in New Haven, Connecticut, and uh, later emailed the photos and information asking for a valuation, and then they got that back. Like, what? You know what happened here now. Every hoarder feels justified. You see? <laughs> you see? I should have always kept everything. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. I guess that is the, the holy grail, right? But you got to go through a lot of frogs. 
a lot you of frogs. Kiss a lot of frogs. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta have a lot of junk in your house. A lot of junk. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, fantastic. Well, that is weird news. Weird and news. Hear this like sounded like boop, 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 that would end it, and then I guess we're gonna end the show because I have to go to Guthrie, uh, <gasps> Oklahoma. Buckle. I gotta yeah. get a belt buckle. That's what I learned today. That's what happened today that you're getting your buckle. I'm getting my belt buckle. I got to learn that your dad gets to go play racehorse uh, guy in Kentucky and you and he are finally getting on a flight. So I feel like this is the start of a, a new world where your dad's going to start getting back out there and doing demos and everything like that. Right. Well, how, can I ask how, how old your, your dad is? He will be 86 in May. Maybe 86 years old. And the man is like, you know what? I'm bored. Let's go do yeah. stuff. You get that strapping tape off my arms. You're holding me down. Stop it. Yeah. I, re- I know my dad loves your dad and he, I took him to meet him once and you know, they hit it off famously. And my yeah. dad's always like, how's he, how's he doing? I'm like, Oh, you know, he's in Australia right now. And he's like, what? <laughs> my dad's 75 and he's kind of like the sit on the porch kind of guy, you know? And he's like, what is he doing? I'm like, he's training horses in, in Australia. He's like, no, please. Yeah. He's always like, please tell him to be careful. I'm like, oh, your dad is so sweet. I know they have like gun smoke in common and all the old Westerns in common. And yeah, yeah it's really cool. I'm so glad you're going to Guthrie and getting your grail. That's really fun. <laughs> Let's get that buckle. Put it up on Facebook. Put it out everywhere. Okay. I certainly will. And uh, yeah, Howdy. I'll be I'll be in the Guthrie newspaper here. So I got to go get dressed. I got to go put my makeup on and get my hair did. Oh, wait. No, I'm not no. going to do that. Put your cap on and go get it. <laughs> I love it. I love, I'm so proud of you. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Spe- wait, do you have a little uh, thing that you like to say at the end of every I show? I like to say have ha- many happy horse hours. Have many happy horse hours. And spay, neuter, and guild.